Hello and welcome back to the PSC in Conversation. The PSC is a specialist consultancy dedicated to making public services brilliant. So if you share our passion, this is the podcast for you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts if you'd like to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the big issues affecting the public sector right now. I'm Phil Buckley, I'm Digital Director at the PSC, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by one of my very favourite clients, Dr Kelsey Flott. Uh, Kelsey is Deputy Director of Patient Safety at NHS England Transformation Directorate. She's also Honorary Senior Research Fellow at Imperial College London, and someone I've thoroughly enjoyed working with on uh, rolling out implantable medical device scanning programme over the past year, and more of that in a bit. But Kelsey, welcome. Thank you, Phil. So, uh, Kelsey, perhaps we could start at the beginning. Uh, you, you somehow seem to be holding down what sounds like two full-time careers. You're, you're both an honorary senior research fellow at Imperial College London, but also deputy director of patient safety at the NHS England Transformation Directorate. So would you mind telling us a little bit about how you got uh, both those roles? Thanks, Phil. And absolutely. And I should, uh, should be clear, it's definitely not two full-time careers. I, um, my, my main job is Deputy Director of Patient Safety in the Transformation Directorate at NHS England. Um, and in that role, I kind of oversee our digital clinical safety work, which is about making sure digital technologies that we use in the NHS are safe, but also that we're using those technologies to drive safer care, so to improve patient safety. Um, and I got into this similar to how I got into my role at um, Imperial, which is purely honorary. And I work with my colleagues at Imperial on a kind of quite broad portfolio of research around um, patient safety and how we use patient data better um, to improve safety. And that's because my background, unlike most of my colleagues, um, I'm not a clinician. I don't have a clinical background, but I did my PhD in patient safety and understanding how we use patient data um, to drive kind of safer care, which led to leading one of the patient safety translational research centres, which sort of looks at how we can use academic evidence and apply it in practice. So after kind of working in that for a while, I moved into the sort of policy side in NHS England, but I hope to still work on my my research side as well, because they tend to dovetail into each other. So, Kelsey, if you studied patient safety as part of your PhD, you must have been passionate about this for a long time. Well, definitely. So, I think sometimes you hear in uh, people's careers, they say, like, oh, I just sort of fell into it, and there are these really sort of random chances, and I'm one of those strange people who had a really linear kind of um, uh, progression. So, way back in school, I remember being asked, we had to kind of do this project around improving something in your future before you go off to uni. And the project I kind of picked to do was around healthcare, and this was back in the States, so it was not necessarily related to what I do now, but it was about improving um, the experience of people who um, have men- who use mental health services, and sort of got into that and kind of continued the healthcare interest throughout university and masters and then was fortunate enough to work in a patient um, experience charity so looking at kind of how we improve the experiences of care which relates a lot to safety (laughs) Um, so that's kind of how I got into the the patient safety world and wanted to always do the academic piece to understand what some of the theory around this was um, 
and how to work with the data we have. But that uh, naturally kind of for me went back to working in policy um, and applied research. So yes, I have been, have been passionate about it for a while um, and very fortunate to work in it for a while. Um, so, so Kelsey, I think you, you mentioned that some of your, your early life was, was in the States and our, our listeners may have detected a slight American accent. So how did you end up, if you don't mind my asking, making yeah. your way to the UK? Yeah, so I was um, born and raised in California and that's where the kind of strange accent comes from. So it's somewhere in the middle. I've been in the UK for the last um, 12 or 13 years now um, and I moved over to do a master's. So I did my master's um, in comparative social policy. So it wasn't just health policy, which I think is really important when you're looking at um, sort of how to improve the NHS, that you can think about the whole of the social care, well, the whole of the kind of social welfare state, if you will. Um, so that's what brought me over. And it was a nine-month master's, and I thought, <laughs> oh, well, I'll go for that. I, was, I really wanted to come to the UK after studying abroad when I was... Uh, in undergrad, and then I, I stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, and, and you, you now, of course, uh, as we were saying, are working in NHS England Transformation Directorates. Um, can you talk a little bit maybe about your, your role for them and, and what, does your, what does being Deputy Director <coughs> of Patient Safety look like day to day and what's your kind of overall targets in that part of your work? Yeah, definitely. So I think working for NHS England is really um, an interesting space here because in the NHS we sometimes think oh, we have one single NHS and then when we work in an organisation we realise we have so many organisations and it's not all just one. But what NHS England does have the sort of privilege of doing is being accountable to every single NHS organisation and therefore every single patient. Um, so it's quite a, a privilege but also a responsibility to work at the centre, I think. Um, and in my role, one of the main things that came up was that we have a really solid patient safety strategy in this country. Um, it was published in 2019, it sets very clear targets. Um, what it also did was say how important digital safety was. So that's kind of making sure that digital technologies don't cause harm, um, but also that we can use them to the best of their ability. Um, we knew that, theoretically and practically, but we didn't really have a strategic direction for it. So my role initially was about setting up that strategy and working with some of the kind of senior leaders across central NHS, but also across organisations and patients and some of our other um, arm's length bodies to sort of set that, that direction, agree the kind of targets around what we need to do over the next three years. And what was interesting was that agenda became so much more important following the pandemic where we use lots of technologies. So I essentially look after that strategy and how we're progressing against it, um, but also making sure there's kind of a, a collective ownership of it across the NHS. And I think day to day, that's what we're trying to focus on more now is getting some more interest and buy-in and making sure the centre is doing everything they can do to support the NHS as a system to, to drive digital safety. So, Kelsey, I think you and I have been working together on what sounds like a really obvious practical application of that, uh, which is the work around implantable medical devices and, and, and getting people to use this kind of massively un, unromantic and uncool technology of barcodes, uh, which nonetheless it seems to be an incredibly effective, cheap way of getting 
patient safety aspects improved because, because you're getting the exact device and the exact patient and the exact location uh, all saved into, into one place just in a very kind of fast and efficient way. So can you talk a little bit about how you see uh, this technology as, as part of your strategy? Definitely. And I think you're absolutely right. So sometimes when we say digital technology in the NHS, people think, oh, you must be talking about new robots and AI. And um, some of my colleagues definitely are. But a lot of what we do in safety, we're talking about, you know, laptops, we're talking about phones, we're talking about scanning um, technologies that people have seen for decades. So and, and those things are still relevant. So the kind of medical device um, safety program and what it's kind of turned into around um, sort of reinvigorating the scan for safety program is that real second part of our strategy, which is about using digital technologies, you know, no matter how old or new they are, to drive patient safety and safer care. So we know that, and you and I know that from using barcode scanning to kind of track implanted medical devices, we have a much better way of understanding what's gone into a patient, um, how effective that's been, but also in the very rare cases where that device has caused a problem, we can very quickly recall it um, and provide that sort of reassurance to the patient, but also to the clinician, the organisation and the manufacturer who developed the, the device. Um, and something as simple as barcode scanning can do all that and enable all that data for us. Um, and then the kind of sky's the limit with what you can do with that data in terms of analysing it. So I think the big application here is not just getting every single trust to that gold standard of scanning everything, but making sure we're taking all organisations along that journey because um, we're very aware in NHS England that the sort of digital maturity of certain organisations is not the same across the NHS and that's not a not to say that it should be there are reasons for that um, but we want to support trusts at any stage of maturity to be able to use those scanning technologies and advance their scanning program and uh, you know as, as I kind of look at the program the, the kind of the the staff savings in terms of the amount of time they they're no longer spending typing things into into computer systems or writing them into books seems seems so huge it does seem to be almost a no-brainer that, that trusts get huge benefits from using this scanning. Um, so what are the kind of the challenges and what are the barriers that stop people doing that? Definitely. And I, the, the benefits are as obvious as they sound. You're right. They, um, this isn't moving necessarily from paper to digital. It's a, a new digital. Like It's not typing things into computers, but actually scanning them and eliminating not just the hassle of having to type it in, but the fear that you might be doing that wrong. Um, so the benefits are are very clear. I think there are a number of challenges that we've come up against. Um, the first is that this sounds obvious to us and it's a priority in digital safety, but there are about a thousand other priorities right now. Um, and any trust coming out of the pandemic is um, not only dealing with a load of targets they have to hit and kind of patients they have to prioritise and take care of, but all of their own digital strategy. Um, so there's there's a kind of prioritisation bubble that we have to kind of um, get into, and um, that's that's a challenge. I think there's a kind of buy-in and communications challenge. There's obviously a financial challenge. So even though this delivers um, an incredible return, the upfront investment is still something that's very difficult. Um, 
I think you'll know much more about this than I do technically, but um, there's also the kind of data challenges. So the sort of product information master of having to have um, every device or everything that you're scanning be attached to a barcode that's actually legitimate and scans and makes sense. Um, and developing that is quite a lot of work for an organisation. So there's, a, there's an upfront cost that I think can be a challenge to kind of developing a programme like this. Thank you so much, Cassie. It's such an interesting project to be working with you on. I wonder if we can turn to the other half of your your life and career, which is your role as an honorary senior research fellow at Imperial College London. So what sort of research would you be working on now? Great question. I like putting on my research hat because um, it's something I was really passionate about for a long time. And you can move into policy and sort of... um, stop doing your research and it's really important to to keep it up and have have both um, aligning with each other. My main role with Imperial at the moment is actually more on the teaching side. So there's a master's in patient safety um, that was just relaunched using a digital fully online platform um, and I lead one of the modules called the social impact of patient safety. So it really takes me out of my sort of digital space and is about when you have patient harm or harm to a staff member, the impact that that has um, and the kind of ripple effect it has for that person, their family, their life, but also that organisation, their staff, their strategy, their kind of communications. And it shows not only the cost of unsafe care, but the kind of enormous benefit of safer care, um, safer approaches to investigation, safer approaches to communication, um, which is something I really like doing because it's um, it can be a lot more theoretical, but when you teach students who are working in this space, it's so easy for them to apply. Um, so that's my main role with Imperial. I also, um, to your question about research, work on a number of projects, mainly around how we use patient experience feedback better. So in the early 2000s, there was quite a lot of research published around um, patient experience data, and we've done really well in the NHS of saying we need to prioritise patient experience, make it a domain of quality. Okay, we now also need to collect data about it, but what we haven't cracked is how to use that data to complete the circle and improve experience. Um, And that's been proven quite clearly empirically. So... There's a lot we can do with digital technologies um, and better analysis to, to use that data more effectively um, and provide what is probably a better service to patients for when they report their experience, actually showing some sort of improvement. So I've been working for a number of years now on a project. Um, I have one project funded by the Health Foundation around how we can use the friends and family test um, feedback and how we can look for trends in that that makes it easier for NHS staff to use that data. Currently, NHS staff receive, in some trusts, up to 20,000 friends and family tests, <clears throat> friends and family test uh, feedback every month. So using the data is a challenge. So we've been uh, doing some kind of data processing to, to help them use that better. So absolutely incredibly interesting, Kelsey. Would you mind if you just, I, I asked a question about uh, the, the module and the course which you're running. So this sounds as though it is maybe quite a new discipline. Is, is that right? And if, if so, can we look forward to, in a few years' time, loads of people who have your, uh, you know, your skill sets and your experience and, as it were, a boost in digital patient safety? 
coming out of at least Imperial and maybe other universities? Yeah, it's a really great question. I'm re- it's something as an academic that I struggle with because I think patient safety is a discipline and it is an academic um, piece to learn. However, it should be really clear that safety is al- also an outcome. So what you don't want to do is just study safety. Um, lots of things create and cause safety and safer care. So I'm really hesitant about some things that say, here's how you improve just safety. Or we have to just study safety because, of course, it's completely um, influenced by everything around it. So it's influenced by the people and the processes and the tech. Um, but that is one thing we try and teach on our course as well. So we don't... Um, look at safety and isolation of other aspects of quality. And I would say, yes, the kind of workforce and safety is definitely strengthening. I mean, in the last 10 years alone, the qualifications you see people having in patient safety roles at organisations are um, quite a bit different than they were 10 years ago. And there are a number of organisations sort of um, training towards this. So you have your university degrees, um, and a few of those across the country which are very good and but then also kind of more practical um, courses there's a new patient safety syllabus um, there's kind of one thing we're doing is a new digital clinical safety uh, training package so I think the workforce kind of knowledge base around safety is is growing every day so yes to answer your question <laughs> and so as you were talking Kelsey I was kind of struck that in some ways it's almost like a, it's an applied academic subject then in the way that engineering is and yes. the way that maths might not be for example and we should consider it in that way I think that's very well said so, and it can be difficult to see it that way as an academic because there are really important theories that underpin safety and they relate to human factors, they relate to communications, or they relate to psychology, um, but the application of them is in something that kind of ties those things all together, in this case, patient safety. And uh, it almost sounds, Kelsey, as though you, you, you yourself are embodying this because you have the both, both parts of your job. Are you a unique person in this position, or are there people around, all your students, I think you were saying, both do practical and academic study? Definitely. So there are lots of people kind of, I would say, working in this space. And as much as I'd like to serve a unique skill set, I think what's wonderful is that I don't. And the, there are so many people who are kind of working at the intersection of, say, safety science or safety engineering and actual kind of clinical care delivery. Um, so I think the, the kind of blurring of the lines across disciplines in safety has been um, something that NHS can be really proud of over the last 10 years. So interesting. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Um, so I wonder if we can talk a little bit about what the future of uh, health technology, particularly kind of technology aimed at improving patient safety might look like. So, you know, you and I are working on what I somewhat meanly described as like unromantic 20th century technology of barcodes. Are there some things which we could look forward to or uh, in, in more advanced technologies or as it were, are the, are the gains to be had from the old technology so huge that that will be your focus for the next uh, few years? Ooh, great question. And I'm, I think that lots of my team would love to answer this in different ways. Um, so I think both. I think there's so much we have to gain from what we might consider older technologies. Um, you know, Electronic healthcare records have been around for a very long time, but what we can do with them in terms of 
um, improving safety and improving experience, which let's be clear are very linked components of quality overall. So I think the sort of older technologies, we're starting to be very careful about making sure that we're getting the safety benefit that we can out of those. For a long time in the NHS, we've or in any health system, we've seen safety as the kind of um, almost scary thing that we, we don't want it to be unsafe and um, we kind of have to deal with safety regulations rather than embrace them as a real enabler to digital technologies. And I think we're getting a lot better at seeing the safety benefit case as a driver for more digital transformation, if that makes sense. Um, in terms of the kind of more exciting um, newer technology, definitely. So when we think about the data that we have and what we can do with it, you know, we collect an amazing amount of data on things that go wrong, so incidents, problems, things that cause harm, near misses, but also things that go right in patient records. So we have a lot to, to be able to do with that data in terms of triangulating our data sources and being able to not just predict when something might go wrong, but also plan against it and start to celebrate what's going right and share that and use that across the system. So I think it's more in the data analysis and what we do with it that might be on the more exciting and advanced uh, AI track. So Kelsey, um, I think many of us who've worked in uh, data for a long time have kind of had, uh, you know, had to deal with situations where data is at risk of being leaked or is, mm-hmm. has been leaked. Um, can you tell me how much of your how much how much of your nights do you wake up worrying about that, or do you have have more effectively that there's other things which you need to do before you start worrying about it? Really good question, and I think our worries in digital safety are probably less on the data leaking sort of IG side of things, and that's mostly because we have amazing IG colleagues who are probably having the same sleepless nights, um, but more looking at some of the digital technologies that we're rolling out as a central NHS and thinking, are these are these definitely safe? Um, and I'm, you know that they are, you know that they're risk mitigated. We have quite um, robust processes for that, not just in our organisation, but in other organisations as well. Um, but I think you can't help but sort of take that to heart and think everything we kind of put into a hospital system or into use by a staff member, a patient... Um, has to be as safe as it as it possibly can be, while still making sure that we're kind of innovating and making the experience as best we can for for staff and patients. Well, Kelsey, um, we're just incredibly grateful that you took the time to come and talk to us about your career and also your the the clear passion which you have for improving patient safety ac- across the NHS. Um, listeners, this has been the PSC in conversation with Dr. Kelsey Flott. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with another episode very soon. If you like what you've heard though, do please subscribe where you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss out. And we'd love to hear from you with questions, comments or suggestions at hello at thepsc.co.uk.